ಸ್ವಯಂಪಾಕದಾನ್ಮಯಂ ತಾತಿ ಸ್ವಾಪದಂತಿಕೇಹಂ ಶ್ರೀಗುರೋ ಶ್ರೀಯುಧಾಪದಕಮಲ ಶ್ರೀಗುರೂ ವೈಷ್ಣವಂಶ್ರೀಪಾಗ್ರಜಾತಹಗುನಾಥೀವ ಸಾವದೂತ ಪರಿಜನಾಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯದೇವಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾಧಾಶಾಕಾಂಬಿತೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಕರು ಜಗತ್ಪಥೆ ಗೋಪಿಕಾಕಾಂಠಾಧಾಕಾಂಠಾ ಪಥಿಥಾನಾಂಭಾವನಿಭ್ಯೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ಹರಿ ರಾಮ ಹರಿ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರಿ ಹರಿ ನಮ ಓಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪದಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣಪ್ರೇಷ್ಠಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮಥೆ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನಿತ್ಯನಾಮಿನೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವೇ ಗೌರವಾಣೀ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷಾಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪಶ್ಚತ್ಯಶಾರಿಣೈ ಐ ಆಮ್ ವೆರಿ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ಫುಲ್ ವೆರಿ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿ ವೆರಿ ಆನರ್ಡ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಅಮಂಗ್ ಆಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಯು ದಿಸ್ ಈವ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಕಿಶೋರ್ ಕಿಶೋರಿ ಟೆಂಪಲ್ in the great city of Chicago. I was asked by our beloved temple president, Hemangi Devi, to speak on the subject of Hanuman, which is a very deep and exciting topic. I believe you've been speaking about Hanuman all month. What has been sp- spoken as of now? 
Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, Bhaktya that Bhakto Sime Sakacheti Rahisyam Idamutama. That it is through devotion that I can be understood as I am. Bhakti Maam Abhijanati Yavan Yashchasmitatvata. It is only by bhakti, by devotion, by love that one can understand me as I truly am. Hanuman, throughout the ages, has been universally accepted as a very symbol of bhakti. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his instructions to Srila Sanatana Goswami, in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, explained the science of bhakti very elaborately. Sanatana Goswami was the prime minister of the entire kingdom of Bengal which in those days, five centuries back, extended you know, far more than what Bengal is today. He left everything because he wanted to assist the mission of Lord Chaitanya. He was a billionaire by today's standards of wealth. But he understood the nature of the wealth of this world. It can never satisfy the heart. And it's flickering. We cannot hold on to anything. Real wealth is that which gives the deepest, highest fulfillment. And and it never ends. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his simple words, he taught that the premadhan, the supreme of all wealth, is the love of God, the love of Krishna that is within everyone's heart. Sanatana Goswami, he wanted to discover that love and he wanted to share, distribute that love to everyone and anyone. So for that reason he left his position as a prime minister and was on Lord Chaitanya's direction going toward Brindaban. On the way, he stopped in Varanasi, which in those days was Kashi. And in Varanasi, he saw 
crowds of thousands and thousands of people chanting the holy names of Lord Hari. So Sanatana Goswami understood Lord Chaitanya must be here. And it was there on the banks of the holy river Ganga for two months, over 60 days, from early morning till night, that, he, that Lord Chaitanya instructed Sanatana Goswami. From the most basic, essential principles to the most elaborate details of the nature of ecstatic love in the purely liberated condition. From the state of just a person just coming to the path of bhakti, to the nature of the loves of the gopis and Sridhata in Vrindavan. Well, he began this elaborate lesson with a simple seed. And from that seed it developed into the most glorious teachings. And that seed, Jivaraswarupoy Krishnera Nityadas. That the eternal nature of the true self, the Atma, the soul, is we are eternally servants of the Supreme Truth, Sri Krishna. That the ultimate revelation of liberation, it's beyond just eternity, it's beyond great knowledge, but it's the ananda, the bliss of personal loving relationships. And those loving relationships with Krishna and the jiva, the soul, are forever increasing and forever new. Brahma Samhita tells Krishna's Nava Yovanam Cha. He's ever fresh, he's ever new. His beauty is ever new and ever fresh and ever increasing. His pastimes, his personality, everything. And as is the exchanges of love between God and the devotee. It's ever increasing, ever new, and ever expanding in happiness. Never stagnant. That is the science of bhakti. How to discover Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sajja Kapunoi Sravanadi Sudhichiti Kodiye Yudhoi. That love is within the heart of every living being. By associating with people who love Krishna, by chanting the holy names of Hari, that love is awakened. Jeev Jago, Jeev Jago. Lord Chaitanya, he taught so much extraordinary philosophy, which was really like a seed in which 
he expected his associates, like the six Goswamis and their followers, to expand more and more and more. But the seed is chief Jago, that that love is within the heart and it requires awakening. That is bhakti. And Hanuman is very much the personification of bhakti. Because in the insurmountably, inconceivably wonderful pastimes of Sri Hanuman, we see that nothing was impossible because he had complete faith and surrender in that spirit of the Lord's love. For the pleasure of Lord Ram, Hanuman gave his body, his mind, his words, and his life. So we will explore just a little drop from the ocean of his activities. How many of you know the story of Ramayan? Please raise your hands. Well, in order to understand Hanuman's activities, you kind of have to know the whole Ramayana. And we don't have time to tell that story. But in essence, yada yada hi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata bhutanama dharmasya tadatmanam shrijamyam. The Supreme Truth, Bhagavan, descends into this world with many different names, performs many activities in many different places throughout the world, throughout history. And that's where so many religions have come from, from that one supreme truth. The source of everything, who we call God or Ram or Krishna or Bhagavan, Hari, descends into this world for the same purpose, to remind us what we have forgotten. Out of love, out of kindness, out of mercy, to forgive us for all of our misadventures in life, for our, all our transgressions, and to give us knowledge, to give us grace, mercy, by which we can overcome all of these things and actually learn to truly be happy. Aham bija pradapita. Krishna tells in Gita, I am the Supreme Father, Mother of all living beings. And every father and mother want their children to be happy. Where does that natural instinct come from? comes from the Supreme Mother and Father, Kishore Kishori. So the Lord descends for this purpose. And one of the great incarnations of the Lord is Sri Ramchandra, who appeared long ago in the city of Ayodhya. And his Ladini Shakti, 
The feminine aspect of that one su supreme divine truth appeared as Sita. And in the holy city of Mithila, it's today called Janakpur, Ram and Sita were married. And they came back to Ayodhya to live. And just before Ram was going to be coronated as the prince regent of the whole kingdom, some complications took place. And he was banished to the forest for 14 years. And Sita, she couldn't live without him. She said, I am coming with you. And Lakshman, his younger brother, also. So the three of them clad in simple tree bark, with their hair now matted, they went to live in the forest for 14 years. Never to go into a city or a town or even a village, but to live in the jungles. And in those days, jungles were really jungles. They're not like, on, like the little forest preserves on Lake Crook Road. <laughs> they were thousands of miles of jungles <laughs> where no human beings would even go. There were tigers, wild elephants, lots of snakes. And there were jungle rakshashas, all sorts of different dangers. So it was there in the jungle, and I'm making a very long story very short. <laughs> There's a beautiful holy place of pilgrimage in Maharashtra state of India. It's one of the four places where the Kumbha Mela takes place. Was anybody here at the Kumbha Mela this year? Please raise your hand. Oh, nice. I was there. I was on, I bathed in the confluence of the Yamuna Ganga Saraswati's river on one particular day, the Moni Amavasya. And according to, not my Hare Krishna exaggerations, but according to the police statistics, on that day, at least 30 million people took their bath within 24 hours. My experience, being there, it actually really seemed like there was 30 million people. <laughs> Seeing is believing in this. So it's very popular. Bigger than any rock concert or musical festival is people who are coming to get God's blessings in India at the Kumbha Mela. Sri Ramchandra was in the forest, and one of the places of the Kumbh Mela is called 
Panchapati or Nasik, which has a really interesting reason why Panchavati was called Nasik, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> the word Nasik, Nas, nas means nose and Sik means to cut, so it's a place where someone's nose got cut off. <laughs> It's an interesting place, very holy place. And the Godavari River, it begins in a mountain just close to um, Nasik, which is called Brahma Giri, and it, that's where it originates. So Lord Ram with Lakshman and Sita were living there, and it was there that Ravana, Ravana who was personification of ahankar or the false ego. What are the characteristics that the false ego um, manifests within a person in this world? Selfish lust, anger, envy, greed, arrogance and illusion and Ravana was really like that and because he was so much intensely attached to these qualities he became supernaturally powerful he was a yogi in a mechanical sense but not in the spirit of a yogi because the word yoga means to reconnect with our true essence, to reconnect with Krishna, with God, who's the Paramatma within our heart, who manifests as the all-pervading Brahman that extends everywhere and everything, and Bhagavan, the supreme, all-beautiful personality of God, the ultimate object of love and the ultimate lover. Yoga is to harmonize our body, our mind, our words, our lives in the spirit of union with the Supreme. And the deepest union is the union of love. Bhakti yoga is the process of yoga that unites us with the Supreme Truth, Sri Krishna, through loving service. But throughout history, there are so many incidents of people who use the yoga process for the wrong reason. Instead of to liberate themselves from their false ego, to satisfy their false egos. The same principle we see in the name of religion. The Sanskrit word yoga means to reunite with our spiritual essence. The Latin word religio, which is the origin of the word religion, means to bind back with God 
to reconnect us. And throughout history, people have used knowledge, have used pujas and mudras, have used the various sciences that are there to purify us, to make us humble, to feed our egos, and that is Ravana. He got tremendous power. He was a great scholar of so many scriptures, but he had the wrong mentality. He was doing it just for himself. He developed cities or yogic mastery where he could fly in the sky, he could change his form. And he had such tremendous power that he was apparently unconquerable. So he had a, a kingdom that he built on an island. It's very much in the news these days. Sri Lanka. He built his kingdom in Sri Lanka. And because great powerful people who actually understand the spirit of yoga, they use whatever they have in a loving service of the Supreme Lord and in compassion to all living beings. But he stole and nobody could stop him. He had thousands of women he abducted. He built palaces out of gold, not just gold leaf. <laughs> so much struggle to raise funds to put some gold leafing on our wood. <laughs> but he, it wasn't even gold plating, it was solid gold walls built. Practically the entire kingdom was built with gold and jewels and pearls. He had everything except inner fulfillment because the Bhagavad Gita tells that material desires based on greed or lust, selfishness, it's like fire. The more you feed a fire, the hungrier the fire becomes. Money cannot buy peace, power, fame, because all the experiences are fleeting. They don't touch the heart and they cannot connect with the soul. So he had everything but he was always unhappy. He always wanted something more, always wanted something else. And in contrast to Ravana, his Hanuman, what did he have? Ravana had an entire kingdom built out of gold, the most magnificent kingdom in the history of this world. And he had millions of soldiers who were willing to put down their lives to defend him. 
And he had thousands of the most beautiful ladies to enjoy with. He had power, he had fame, he was handsome. He had everything. But he wasn't happy. In Hanuman, you've seen pictures. He just wears a little crown sometimes. <laughs> and he has like a little copan, a little loincloth he wears. Other than that, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have a house. He's a brahmachari. He's actually a real brahmachari. <laughs> He's completely celibate. But he's always happy. He's Paramananda. He's supremely happy. Because he, he has such a loving desire to serve the Lord. He's the wealthiest man. So Ravana, he heard from his sister Suparnaka about the beauty of Ram's wife, Sita. And they're living alone in a jungle in Panchavati or Nasik. It's just the three of them. And Ravana, through his incredible intelligence, misused intelligence, but he had a lot of intelligence. Sometimes the most dangerous people in the world are really intelligent. So intelligence, like money, like skills, like influence, is, could either be liberating or entangling. Could either be beneficial for ourselves in the world or very, very dangerous. So he somehow or other allured Ram and Lakshman to go away, and at that time, he abducted, he kidnapped Sita. And he took her to his island of Sri Lanka. And here she was. She was wearing deer skin. <laughs> or not deer skin. Um, I'm sorry, she didn't wear deer skin. She wore tree bark. And sometimes she just had a little yellow piece of cloth, very simple cloth that she wore. She was living in the jungle, and Ravana was offering the greatest wealth, the greatest enjoyment, just be mine. But Sita, she understood that all this enjoyment without God, without love of Ram, it's all simply the source of suffering. So she refused. And Ravana was trying to intimidate her. First he was trying to allure her, attract her, entice her. But when that didn't work, he was threatening her, intimidating her in every way. He was frustrated. Meanwhile, when Rama and Lakshman came back and they saw that Sita was gone, they were looking everywhere and everywhere. All the way from Nasik, which is in Maharashtra, they walked to a place called Kishkindakshetra. It's probably about a thousand miles. They walked by foot, searching for Sita. And it was there, at a place called Pavan, 
I'm sorry, Pampas Rover. A little lake of lot water. I could tell so many stories about that place. It's such it's still there today. In fact, sometimes crocodiles are there. But Ram went to Pampasrovar and there he met an incredible personality. Hanuman. Hanuman, along with um, Sugriva, his friend, and who was his king, was also um, banished. So they had something in common. They were both banished. And they both had their wives taken away. <laughs> both Sugriva and Ram. And Hanuman was the minister and faithful um, assistant of Sugriva. And when they saw Ram and Lakshman at Pampasrovar from the top of the Rishyamukha mountain, they, um, Sugriva said, please find out who they are. So Hanuman, he had yogic powers. He changed his form to a very um, simple looking Brahmin. And he went and asked, who are you? And Lakshman said, this is Ram. And as soon as he heard the name Ram, he became ecstatic and he couldn't any longer um, keep his disguise. He became Hanuman. <laughs> and Hanuman said, Ram, you are, you are the Lord of my heart, the Lord of my life. How is it I didn't recognize you? And Ram told him that I reciprocate according to how a person approaches me. And because you came to me in a disguise, you couldn't recognize me. But as soon as you left your disguise behind and revealed yourself as Hanuman, I reveal myself as Ram. So they made a wonderful alliance. And that's a really wonderful story. But skipping ahead, Sugriva and who now with the help of Ram had restored his kingdom, he was going to send all of his, um, his associates who were in the forms of incredible monkeys but very intelligent, very powerful, very skilled monkeys to search for Sita. Have any of you been to Kishkinda? It's a wonderful place. It's a very famous place. It's also called Hampi. And many tourists from all over the world go to Hampi to see um, archaeological ancient um, ruins that are there. But most important, there's a place called Anjana Parvat. And on top of that mountain is where Hanuman was born. His mother was Anjana. His father was, um, on one level, Vayu. On another, Shiva. 
And another um, Keshari, yes, Keshari Raj. So Hanuman was born there. And in Kishkindakshetra, Hanuman one day, when Ram explained about Sita, they told that some months ago, we saw Ravana on a chariot flying in the, not in a chariot, he was flying in the sky. And there was a beautiful young girl in a golden dress and she was crying out, Ram, Ram, Ram. And when she saw us way down below, she took some, she threw some jewels. And we know why. So that if, when you were to come looking for her, we can show you these jewels that she was here. So even today in Kashkinda, there's a place called Sugriva's cave where Sugriva lived. And Sugriva ran in there and got the jewels and showed them to Ram. And he, remembering Sita, he was weeping. And there's a place in Kishkinda called Malyavanta. Some call it Prashravana. It's a cave on top of a hill. And that's the place where Lord Ram lived for four months during the monsoon rainy season. Because they couldn't look for her during the monsoons. It was too difficult. And there's a murti or a deity of Ram there that has been there for a long, long time. Very special deity of Ram. He's sitting cross-legged in Padmasan. And in his right hand, he has a japa mala. He was constantly chanting the names of Sita. And his left hand is touching his heart. He was chanting the names of Sita and remembering her in the core of his heart, in vipralamba, viraha, in separation. When the monsoon rains ended, Sugriva came with all of his associates to meet with Ram and said, now we're ready to find Sita. They divided into four groups to go north, south, east, and west because nobody knew where Ravana was living. They didn't know he was in Sri Lanka. They were all going to search for Sita. And it was at that time that Lord Ram called Hanuman and said, your enthusiasm, your devotion, your love, your surrender, I understand it. I believe you will be the one to find Sita. And Ram gave Hanuman a ring, the ring that Sita gave Ram, and said, when you see her, show her this ring. Give her this ring, and she will know with all faith that you are my representative.
Now I'm skipping hundreds of pages. <laughs> the search was incredible. They went everywhere. They couldn't find. And at a certain point, they kind of gave up. And then they met Sampati, the brother of Jatayu. And he heard them say the name Jatayu. And he said, oh, you know my brother Jatayu. And he was a big bird, actually. And he said, I know where Ravana is and I know where Sita is. In Sri Lanka, I could see from here. It's just 800 miles into the sea is the island of Sri Lanka. That's what it was in those days. So now I'm going to begin the class. <laughs> but it won't be very long, I think. <laughs> so now Angada, the son of Bali, who was the leader of that group, who went in the southern direction, how to find, how to get across because there was no boats and it's 800 miles and all the different monkeys, the Vanaras, they were discussing how far they could jump. Angada said, I think I could jump 800 miles to get there, but I don't know if I could get back. Jambavan. Jambavan said, when I was young, I could easily do like this. But now I'm very, very old. I can't do what I used to do. Some of us have that experience in life. <laughs> and those who don't, it's coming, it's coming. It's, it's an inevitable experience for all. Birth, old age, disease, and ultimately we have to give up these bodies. So Jambavan said, I can't do it. And it was kind of desperate because nobody could do it. And Hanuman was just silently sitting there. And then Jambavan said, Hanuman, you are silent. You are not saying anything. You have such power. You can easily jump across this ocean. You could jump around the world if you want. You have such powers. And as soon as Jambavan said that, Hanuman woke up to the remembrance of his powers and said, yes, I will do. Now I'm going to give a flashback. Why is it that Hanuman did not recognize he had those powers, even when there was such a great need? Because when he was a little child, very, very small child in Kishkinda, one day he saw the sun and he decided, I want to eat it because he thought it was a piece of fruit. And he started flying to the sun, and Indra threw a thunderbolt in his chin, and he fell to the ground. And there was no symptoms of life. And his father, Vayu, very powerful, the god of the wind, he withdrew the air. So the devatas all approached Brahma and said, what are we going to do? We can't breathe. <laughs> 
because you hurt Vayu's son, we should all go and give, give, give Hanuman blessings. So they all came down and Vayu was with his son in a little cave and they, Brahma sprinkled some water and Hanuman woke up. And then they all gave him so many powers, Indra, um, Brahma, Shiva, Agni. And now he had the most incredible supernatural powers. But he was a little boy. And when a little boy has all those powers, you think you could do anything. So he became extremely mischievous. He was always good-hearted, but mischievous. He never wanted to hurt people, but he loved to tease people. In the, the Tungabhadra River, which flows through Kishkinda, the sadhus, the brahmins, they would go in the water to perform their Gayatri mantra, and Hanuman would go underwater and come up and spit on them. <laughs> the water. This monkey, what is he doing? So he would steal their Bhagavad Gita, he would steal their scriptures. And, and so nobody could stop him because he was too powerful, he could do anything. So all of these saintly people, they approached Keshuri Raj and Anjana and said, well, we, we don't, what are we going to do with your son? He's so naughty. He's really naughty. And they said, well, because he has all these powers. So the mother and father asked the saints, give him a blessing that he'll forget all his powers unless he's reminded. So they gave that blessing, and he forgot he had all these powers. And then he became so nice, he came and started serving everyone. <laughs> so when Jambavan told Hanuman about his, who he really was, Hanuman expanded his size very, very large, and he got on the top of this mountain, the Mandara mountain. And he roared out the name of Ram and jumped. He jumped with such velocity, such speed, that the whole mountain was trembling, was shaking. And all of his monkey friends were cheering, Harivo, Harivo. They were so happy to see Hanuman in this mood. They were like a team, and Hanuman was going to, to find Sita. And on his way, in order to offer their honor and respect to Hanuman, Varuna sent a mountain to, it was, uh, a mountain, a mountain, yes. And the other was Mahendra, I think. And the, it was the Mahendra mountain. And this, this mountain, a beautiful mountain, came out of the sea and spoke to him. Said, Hanuman, 
I have come to give you a place to rest because it's such a long journey. You've come from such a far place and you have so long to go. Please come and rest for some time and we'll provide nice prasad and everything. And Hanuman was so pleased. He said, I thank you for your kind and gracious words and this wonderful offering. But Sita is suffering in Sri Lanka, and I'm on the service of Ram. I have no time to rest. He said, I accept your offering, and he touched, he touched the mountain and put to his head and continued. These different obstacles that Hanuman faced while going to Sri Lanka represent various obstacles that we face in our recovering. Sita represents bhakti, pure devotion, the pure devotion that's within our hearts. We are speaking history, but there's also symbolic lessons through this history. So one obstacle is laziness, complacency. Sometimes we have our duties to chant God's names, to perform our pujas, to worship the deities, to offer our seva. We have particular duties. And there are so many excuses our minds could make to procrastinate, to get lazy, and this is a great obstacle on the path. But Hanuman showed by his enthusiasm, by his determination, he crossed over that. He continued in his jump, flying through the air. And at that time, the devatas approached the mother of the Nagas. Her name was Surasa. And they said, please go and test Hanuman. We want to see what his powers and his glories are. We want to see his devotion. And we also want to bless. And we want to prepare him for the great challenges that are coming before him. So Surasa went into the ocean and took the form of a very monstrous person, like a Rakshashi. And she came out of the ocean and opened her mouth, and it was huge. And she said to Hanuman that I have been given a benediction by Brahma, that no one who comes before me can escape without being eaten by me. So I am going to eat you. So that wasn't so much a problem for Hanuman. <laughs> By his yogic powers, he expanded his body to be very big. But Surasa, she expanded her mouth to be bigger. And they were competing in this way. And ultimately, Hanuman, when her mouth was gigantic, I guess, here in Chicago, we would say, she has a big mouth. <laughs> big mouth. <laughs> How do you deal with someone with a big mouth? 
Hanuman taught us. Suddenly he became as small as, a, as your thumb. And he ran into her mouth. And he ran in down her throat. And then he came out. And he smiled. He said, I have honored the benediction that Brahma gave you. You ate me. Now please give me blessings to find Sita. <laughs> and Surasa was so happy. She said, this is brilliant. <laughs> she said, I give you all my blessings. May you be empowered by the grace of Sri Ram, by the grace of God, to, to fulfill your mission. And Hanuman continued. And as he was in the sky, suddenly, he was stuck in the middle of the sky. He couldn't go any further, no matter how hard he tried. And then he discovered why. Because Arakshashi, a very, very evil person who was on Ravana's side, her name is Simika. She had the yogic power, the mystic power where she could capture a person's shadow and control them. So she grabbed his shadow, because it was daytime and his shadow was on the ocean, she grabbed it. And by doing that, Hanuman couldn't move. He was under her grip. So when she saw that he was apparently in a helpless condition, she opened her mouth to eat him. You know what Hanuman did? He jumped into her mouth. He jumped down her throat. He went deeper, right to her heart. And with his fingers, he ripped her heart in two. And then he came out her side. And Surasa just kind of screamed and fell into the ocean. I'm sorry, Sumika. Now, Surasa, she represents the obstacle of pride. When we are on the path of devotional service, sometimes we do really good things. Sometimes we have incredible accomplishments. Sometimes even people praise us and think we're advanced. <laughs> but a devotee understands prakriti kriyamanani gunai kamani sarabhasha ahankara vimudatma karatamiti manyate that whatever we have, it's all, it all belongs to Krishna, sarvaloka maheshwara. Whatever intelligence we have, whatever abilities, it's all God's property entrusted in our care. We never consider, this is mine. Janasya mohoya mahamameti, the idea of I and mine, are the basis of material entanglement. So this is a great impediment. We do some great things, we know so much, we have influence over others, and we start thinking, I am better than others. 
So Surasa, she was getting bigger, he was becoming bigger, she was becoming bigger, he was becoming bigger, she was becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. So how do we overcome that idea of competing and trying to be better than others? Hanuman taught us. He became small like a little thumb, went in her mouth and came out. No enmity. It is we can overcome the basic principle of material suffering, the false ego, through humility. By understanding I'm the servant of the servant of the servant. Hanuman put himself in the most insignificant role in order to conquer the all-devouring mouth of the false ego. And he didn't harm Surasa, rather he transformed her. By humility we transform the false ego into the real ego of a loving servant of the Lord. Simika, the one who grabbed the shadow, represents the obstacle of envy. Envy is so deep within people's minds. Even on the path of dharma or devotion, the tendency is we can become envious of others. And what do we do when we're envious? We look for the bad qualities in others. We try to find faults. Like Samika, she was grabbing on to the shadow of Hanuman. She was grabbing on to what apparently was the dark side of Hanuman and she was trying to control him in that way. Rupa Goswami tells one of the symptoms of an advanced devotee is such a devotee has no propensity to find faults in others. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita uses the words adosa darshi, one who is very eager to see the good qualities in others and doesn't have any inclination to find the faults in others. And if we have that propensity, even if we see a fault, we don't try to drag the person down like Samika was doing to Hanuman. She was grabbing onto his faults to tear him down. We may point them out in order to be a well-wisher, to help them, to uplift them. So this propensity to bring people down, to find faults with people based on envy is a great obstacle. And for this, Hanuman showed us, we have to go right and tear the heart of that envy from ourselves. And how do we do that? Lord Chaitanya said, with the same mouth that you are finding faults with others, speak their good qualities and chant the holy names of the Lord.
Hanuman was constantly chanting the names of the Lord. And Samika was obviously liberated because she was hearing Ram chanting, I mean Hanuman chanting Ram's names. Hanuman continued his journey. Then he came to the island of Sri Lanka. Am I over time yet? I'm sorry you told me to speak about Hanuman. <laughs> I think I am actually, so I'm going to fast forward. Anyways, there was somebody at the gate of Sri Lanka named Lankini who was trying to stop him from entering. And she was talking so bad about Hanuman. Why are you here? Who do you think you are? I am going to kill you. And Hanuman just gave her a slap. And then <laughs> somehow or other he pushed her out of the way and he, and he was thinking, how am I going to get to find Sita? Hanuman saw these massive formidable, insurmountable walls all around the kingdom of Sri Lanka. So Hanuman disguised himself. He became so small, like a little cat, like a kitten. And as a little, he was a monkey, but he was the size of a kitten. <laughs> and he jumped over the wall and he started looking all around the city. This time it was night. It was in the moonlight. He was trying to find Sita. And oh, when he saw the city of Lanka, the luxury, the opulence, the wealth, it was extraordinary. But Hanuma was not distracted. Krishna tells in Gita, those who are on this path, they are resolute in purpose. Their aim is one. Their, their minds are not many-branched. He had a mission to find Sita. Sita's suffering in separation of Ram. Ram is suffering separation from Sita. There was such an urgency. He was looking and looking. He was going house to house, palace to palace, palace castle to castle. He was seeing tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands of gigantic soldiers everywhere guarding all the directions. And he could just walk right by them because he was just a little monkey. So nobody considered him a threat. He didn't have to hide. He just, you know, there's these big rakshashas with giant weapons. And he just goes right by them. And they just look. And after a long search, he came to the palace of Ravana, which was right on the top of a mountain called Trikuta. It was the most magnificent home imaginable. And there he saw 
hundreds and hundreds of the most beautiful, beautiful ladies from all different parts of the world and the universe who Ravana was exploiting. They were all intoxicated, laying around, some were playing music, and there in the bed, there was one lady actually who was so beautiful. And Hanuman thought, this must be Sita, because she's so beautiful. But Sita would not be laying next to Ravana. <laughs> Cannot be. I have to keep searching. And then he saw Ravana himself. And Hanuman was struck. He was so handsome, so powerful. He was so endowed with incredible um, character of, of, of not, not human character, but with such excellences. Hanuman was thinking, if only he had devotion. <laughs> he has everything any man could possibly have or want, multiplied by millions. But he has one defect. He's serving his false ego, insatiable ego. So ultimately, he just looked at Ravana and kept searching and searching. And there he found in a garden, the Ashokavan, under a tree, near a temple, there were all these Rakshashis harassing someone. And here he is, a little monkey jumping from tree to tree, got closer and closer and closer. And there he saw Sita. Effulgent with love, devotion, divine beauty. She was crying, constantly chanting Ram's names, being harassed. And then the sun rose, and Hanuman was still in the little, he was on a branch of a tree watching, and after some time, Ravana woke up. As soon as he woke up, he went right to the Ashokavan, to Sita. And Valmiki Muni, in his Ramayana, describes in such wonderful detail how Ravana was speaking so sweetly, affectionately to Sita. But when that didn't work, he began to scream, seethe like a serpent, threaten her. And Sita, she would not look at Ravana. She would not give him even that much attention to look in his direction. She said, I am the consort of Ram. You are like a little puppy dog who wants to take the property of a lion. That's why you stole me when he wasn't there, because you are a coward. Now, that's, there's one thing Ravana doesn't want to hear, that he's a coward. 
Ravana was so insulted. She said, I will never, I will never satisfy your desires. Never. My heart belongs to Ram. Ravana said, I have given you one year to surrender to me. Already most of the year has passed. When the deadline comes, I will have you chopped into little pieces and I will eat you for breakfast. That is your alternative. Either be my principal queen or be my breakfast. Sita said, let my body die limitless times, but I belong to Ram. So he told the guards around Sita, through whatever means possible, get her to surrender to me. And he left. And Hanuman's watching all this. He was so mad. Oh, he was so angry. And Prabhupada, he tells that anger could be used in Krishna's service. Anger, krodha, material anger, is when our desires are unfulfilled. But that same krodha, when it's used in a positive way, out of compassion for others and service to the Lord, is devotion. Arjun was incited to be angry, but without ego, with love, with compassion. So Hanuman was patient until everyone went away. And he was thinking how to get Sita to have trust in me. Because she's been here so long, surrounded by people who were trying to exploit her. And everybody there had yogic mystic powers who could change their forms and do so many things, as Ravana has done so many times, to capture her. So little, little monkey Hanuman in the tree where he couldn't be seen, he began to sing the glories of Lord Ramchandra. He sang Lord Ramchandra's life story. And then he talked how Sita was captured and where Ram was and how Ram is crying and crying in separation from Sita and how he sent Hanuman to find. He was chanting Ram's names and Sita heard it. And it's the first time she heard Kirtan and Hanikata ever since she had been abducted. And she was so happy. There was so much hope that rose in her heart. She was looking around, who is this? Who is this that's speaking? And she couldn't find him anywhere. And finally she saw behind some leaves there was a little monkey, little tiny monkey who was speaking like that. He was, and he, his, his hands were folded like this and he was offering his pranams to Sita as he was singing Ram's glories. And Sita said, who are you? And then the little Hanuman jumped out. He said, I'm Hanuman. <laughs> I'm Ram's representative. And he said, he said, I will take you back to Ram right now. 
She said, well, how will you do that? And he said, just jump on my back. She said, you're so tiny, how could I? <laughs> I won't fit on your back. <laughs> and then Hanuman became very big in size. And he said, now you can get on my back. She said, it's inappropriate because if you fly, you're going to fly so fast that how am I going to not fall into the ocean? And besides that, for the glory of Ram, he himself wants to come and rescue me. But it was during that meeting that Hanuman brought out the ring that Ram gave him and presented it to Sita. When Sita saw the ring, she knew for sure Hanuman was Ram's beloved devotee. She took that ring, she pressed it to her eyes, she wept tears, she pressed it to her heart. And she wanted to know everything about Ram's condition. And then she told Hanuman, that just so Ram knows for sure that you met me, I want you to tell him that I told you a story that he knows no one else knows in the whole world except me. Would you like to hear the story? We really don't have time. But it's a wonderful story. It's a story when Ram and Sita were in Chitrakut and Sita was sitting on a rock with Ram and a little crow came to disturb them. And what happened in that incident, which is so fascinating, nobody knows except Ram and Sita. So she told that story. And then Sita she had a beautiful yellow-colored jewel. That jewel was given by Indra to her father, Janak. And at the time of the marriage of Ram and Sita, Janak presented that jewel to Sita. She said, when you see Ram, give him this jewel and he will know that you met me. It was a beautiful discussion that they had. And at that time, Hanuman, he had fulfilled his duty, but he wanted to do something more. Devotees like to do extra service. He decided, I want to see the power from the inside of Ravana's resources, and I want to give Ravana another chance. So he started jumping around and making a real mess of this garden. And Hanuman was, now he was a huge monkey, and he really made a mess of the garden. And when Ravana heard, my favorite garden, how dare anyone do this? He sent some of his greatest generals, and Hanuman defeated all of them, one after another after another. And ultimately, Ravana sent his eldest son, Indrajit, and Indrajit, he shot, after an incredible battle that they had together, he shot a 
particular weapon with a brahmastra. It was in a bow and arrow. And, 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 but this... Thank you, thank you. This bow and arrow took like the form of a serpent and it wrapped around Hanuman. It went and Hanuman was bound up and fell to the ground. He allowed himself to do that. And then they beat him up and they picked him up and they took him right into the courtyard of the palace of Ravana. And there Hanuman was face to face with Ravana. And Ravana asked, who are you? And Hanuman said, I am the messenger of Ram. And I've come to give you a message. Give back Sita. And Ram will forever be your friend and protect you. But if you don't, your entire dynasty will be annihilated. Ravana was so insulted by this. He said to his army guards, kill this wretched monkey. And they were about to do that. And then Vibhishan, the younger brother of Ravana, who is a very good devotee, he said to Ravana, you cannot kill him. He's a messenger. According to Dharma, you cannot kill a messenger. You can punish a messenger, but you cannot kill. And Ravana would say, but he destroyed my garden. He deserves to be killed. And Hanuman said, I'm just a monkey. That's what I do. <laughs> you don't kill me for that. And Ravana said, you must be killed, he must be killed. And Hanuman said, well, you sent all these people to kill me. That's why I defeated them. And ultimately, Vibhishan was so strong. And Ravana hated when Vibhishan spoke like that. But he knew he was right. He said, okay, we will not kill him, but punish him. Monkeys are very proud, attached to their tails. Light his tail on fire. And then publicly, bound by these ropes, with his burning tail, drag him through the streets of Sri Lanka to humiliate him in front of everyone. Let him be totally mutilated by the fire. And if he survives, then let him go. So they took massive quantities of this cloth and wrapped it around his tail and soaked it in huge quantities of flammable oil and they lit it on fire. Hanuman's tail was blazing. Now for Hanuman, Every situation is only one question. How can I serve? This is a devotee. 
whether it's a calamitous situation, whether it's a pleasurable situation, success, failure, honor, dishonor, pleasure, pain, health, disease, whatever the situation, cold, hot. Here in Chicago these days, there's <laughs> 80 degrees one day and a snowstorm the next day. And then it's 80 degrees the next day. So anyways, these are all changes that happen. But a devotee is thinking, whatever the situation, how can I serve? That's the transcendental state. That's how we can grow. So Hanuman, his tail's on blazing fire. He's being dragged through the streets. Everybody's laughing at him, humiliating him, throwing at spitting. And Hanuman's just, yes, very nice. I'm doing this for Ram. And then he made himself a little bit smaller, came out of the ropes, and jumped on a building. And when he jumped on a building with his tail, he touched it. <laughs> Sorry about that. And the whole building went on fire. And then he jumped to the next building. Another fire. Soon the city was blazing and nobody could do anything about it. This monkey's just jumping. It shows. There's millions of lessons in these wonderful stories. You see, Ravana wanted to cause pain to Hanuman. What do we say here in Chicago? What goes around comes around. <laughs> For every action, there's a reaction. The same fire that he wanted to cause Hanuman pain is what caused him pain. The same humiliation and frustration that these People, these soldiers of Sri Lanka was trying to put Hanuman through. Now they're going through it all. They're seeing their houses, their homes, everything burning uncontrollably. And Hanuman was just happily jumping and jumping and jumping. And meanwhile, Sita's in the Ashokvan. And people are telling them what's happening. Hanuman's burning the city down because his tail's on fire. And Sita was thinking, oh, She's mother. She's the mother of the universe. She's the mother of every living being. And how much she protects her devotees. She's thinking, Hanuman, she, he's doing this just for me. He should not suffer. She prayed to Agni, the presiding deity of fire, and prayed, please make Hanuman's tail feel very cool, even though it's on fire. And suddenly Hanuman felt his tail was so cool and refreshed while it's blazing fire. And he immediately understood this is the prayer of Sita. And after creating this great havoc, he began to think, what have I done? I'm so enthusiastic. I lit this I started lighting everything on fire by jumping and jumping and jumping. Sita might be being burnt. He was very concerned. 
And then he heard a voice, Sita is fine. So Hanuman was very happy. And they got on a big mountain and he, he had a loud voice. He did not need microphones. <laughs> he shouted in such a way that everyone could hear the names of Ram. And then he said, Ravana, you saw what me, a little monkey, one person who's a servant of Ram, what I have done? Give back Sita. Otherwise, there's going to be millions of people like me coming with Ram. And then he shouted Ram's name once again. He roared and he jumped in the ocean and put his tail out, the fire, and then jumped back. And as he was coming back, all the other Angada and his retinue of monkey soldiers, they were all just waiting, waiting, waiting to see what happened to Hanuman. And when they saw him coming, they were cheering and dancing and raising their arms and saying, Hari Hari Bo. And Hanuman came back and told them all what happened. And I'm going to end very soon. <laughs> they all went back to give Ram the news. And Ram was at Malyavanta at his cave, sitting there chanting the names of Sita, meditating on Sita, waiting. And when he saw Sugriva and Hanuman appear, Ram got up. And he saw the smile, the effulgent happiness in Hanuman's face. Ram knew the most auspicious thing has happened. And Ram asked Hanuman, please tell me everything. Hanuman told the whole story. And then he told Ram that secret about the crow on the rock in Chitrakut. And he presented to Ram the yellow jewel that Sita would use to decorate herself just for Ram's pleasure. Ram told Hanuman, Hanuman told Ram the whole story of Sita's condition, her pathetic condition. She was not eating, she was not bathing or washing herself, she was not changing her clothes. She was holding on to trees to stand up, constantly crying in separation while chanting Ram's names. When Ram heard this, he said to Hanuman that you took so much risk for my Sita. You found her. You gave her my ring. You pacified her heart through your kirtan. And then you burnt the city of Lanka. All for me. You were willing to get your tail blazed on fire. You were willing to jump across an ocean. You were willing to risk everything just for me. I'm living in the forest. I have no wealth here. I have no home here. 
I have nothing to give you, but I want to give you everything. The only thing I have to give you, Hanuman, is myself. With those words, Lord Ramchandra embraced Hanuman. Hanuman wanted nothing else. He cried in ecstasy. This is the nature of bhakti. When a devotee gives himself to the Lord, the Lord gives himself to that devotee. They embraced for a long time. Ram appeared as Lord Chaitanya. About 500 years ago, Lord Krishna, Ram, Narasimha, all the avatars appeared as Lord in the form of Lord Chaitanya. And Hanuman appeared as Murari Gupta. Murari Gupta was a family man. He was a doctor. He had a profession. He had a house. But he was Hanuman. Hanuman is showing, is Hanuman, he's Brahmachari. As Marari Gupta, he's a Grihasta, but the same spirit of devotion is manifested either way. So when Lord Chaitanya was giving benedictions to all his devotees in Sri Navadvip Mayapur Dham at the house of Srivas, he called Marari Gupta. And at that time, the devotees, they didn't really understand. It wasn't revealed to them, their relationship with the Lord. Lord Chaitanya was sitting on the altar of Srivas. And he said, Marari, behold my form. And Marari looked up and he saw Lord Chaitanya manifested the form of Lord Ramchandra. He had the complexion of Durba grass, beautiful lotus-like eyes. He was standing with a bow and a quiver of arrows. On one side of him was Sita. And the other was Lakshman, and all around were limitless monkey soldiers with their hands folded offering prayers. When Marari Gupta saw this, he fell to the ground unconscious. In fact, when he saw Ram, his beloved Lord, and he saw the monkeys, he looked at himself, and he saw that he had a tail. Then he fell to the ground unconscious. And Lord Chaitanya called out. He said, Marari! He said, Oh, monkey! You do not remember! You do not remember how you jumped across the ocean to rescue Sita. But I remember. 
You don't remember how you were burnt by Ravana. You don't remember how you burnt the city of Ravana, Shriek. You don't remember how you defeated the dynasty of Ravana. But I remember. I am your beloved Lord Sri Ramchandra and you are my eternal devotee Hanuman. Get up, get up. And Hanuman got up and Lord Chaitanya said, look, here is Lakshman. Don't you remember how you lifted the Ganda Madana mountain to rescue Hanuman, I mean Lakshman? And here is Sita. You wept, you cried, a limitless, shoreless ocean of tears upon seeing Sita's sorrow. I am here to fulfill all of your desires. Ask any benediction you desire. Marari Gupta could have asked for anything. Marari Gupta with folded hands, crying in love. He said, my Lord, my beloved Lord, I do not want anything. But if you want to give me something, just give me this. Wherever I am, in whatever situation it may be, let me lovingly chant your names and glories. Let me always be in the mood of your servant. In whatever birth I may take, allow me to be in the association of your devotees who believe themselves to be your servants. Just give me this benediction that I may always please you and love you in the mood of the servant of the servant of the servants of your servants. When Murgrari Gupta said like this, in the mood of Hanuman, all the devotees cried in great happiness and they all cheered, Hari Hari Po. And Lord Ramchandra spoke to Hanuman and he, I mean, he, he spoke to Murari Gupta Hanuman. He said, Murari Gupta, you're your name is Marari Gupta because the Supreme Lord Marari is always hidden within your heart. Although you appear to the world to be just an ordinary man, just a doctor with a family, within your heart, your loving devotion to Lord Marari, to Sri Ram. was the only blessing he desired. This is the lesson of Hanuman. This is the principle of bhakti. This is the saragrahi, the very essence of the essence of what a devotee is seeking. This love
this compassion, this eagerness to serve with love and compassion. And according to that spirit, Kishore Kishori revealed themselves to us to attract our hearts forever. Thank you very much. Uh, for coming and giving a wonderful class and inspiring all of us. Uh, yes, your classes are never complete without your wonderful kirtan. Uh, <laughs> while it is Haribol time and Maharaj told how Hanuman had this mood of always being in service, uh, me being the temple president and being a manager, the usual standard request, I need six volunteers upstairs to serve all the Vaishnavas. If I know it's very hard to pull yourself away from Kirtan, but uh, my hum humble request, if somebody can come upstairs and you know help us out. Thank you. Hare Krishna. While uh, Vishnu Pataya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Sri Mathe Bhakti Vedanta Swami Iti Namine Saraswati Deva Kauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Vashtadyate Satariye Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, 
We can continue through the night in the association with His Holiness Ramad Maharaj. So, if some of you want to go and take prasadam, prasadam is serving right now. Also, His Holiness Ramad Maharaj is going to be, you can actually acquire his books. And 
Yes. So he can sign it and it will be here. So you can see uh, Shama Gopi Mataji right there and acquire Maharaj's book. Thank you very much for being here. And Shri Krishna Bhagavan Ki Jai.